I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. The title of this story, Timshul, is a Hebrew word. I intentionally put this story right after the Irishman and the Pilgrim because I think they speak to the same core subject of choice and the powerful question of what do we want most. So here's some ponderings about Timshul. Cold is the water, and death is at your doorstep, and it will steal your innocence, but it will not steal your substance. But you are not alone in this, and you have your choices, and these are what makes man great, his ladder to the stars. That's from a song named Timshul by Mumford and Sons. It was easy to picture the hills of central California as I walked across northern Spain. In many ways, the two landscapes favor each other. I wondered if that's why I found myself totally immersed in this painful and beautiful story, because I could picture it happening right there all around me. I'm guessing that added to the depth to which Steinbeck's novel was able to plumb my soul. My pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago meant I would be gone for six weeks. This was the longest my husband and I would have ever been apart. So we made a deal that over these weeks, while we couldn't share a place, we would share a story. We decided to read East of Eden. Well, he read the hard copy and I listened to the virtual copy. It would have done me in to carry that 600 page book, 500 miles. If you have read this story, you might find, like we do, that the curious word temptial is often on the tip of your tongue, or that the concept of it flares up in your mind like a match being struck when you are faced with a decision. Say it, temptial. We will revisit it, but for now, back to the Camino. The question, why am I really choosing to walk the Camino, haunted me as I walked mile after mile along the way. I had good answers, of course, that I was processing my transition out of an immersive season of mothering, that I wanted to raise awareness and money for the refugee women in our city, and even that I saw it as an act of worship, all of which were absolutely true. So why, if I had all these good reasons, did I keep asking myself the question? Because there was a truer answer that I had to come to terms with. When every other rationale, goal, and hope boiled away as I walked these hot and humid miles, I was left only with the dense rue of my will. What remained was the most fundamental answer, because I want to. Plain and simple. Nothing else stood up to the intense questioning of why I chose to walk this pilgrimage, except because I want to. So here I am. What I had to come to terms with was the sheer power of my will. Enter Timshul. My son and daughter-in-law have a unique story of engagement. The process was one of intense choice. It made me realize that for each of them, in order to say yes to this picture, they had to say no to other pictures. 
I got to witness them exercising their wills in a powerful way. I saw clearly a reality in life that at first glance feels like a bum deal. And upon deeper reflection, if we can stand it, makes the entire process of life much more substantial. And it actually made my mind go back to the garden. Not my garden, but the garden, the original garden, where we found ourselves face to face with our creator and where we woke up to who he had created us to be. We had been made in God's image. What is astounding is that what's included in that package deal is free will. We were given the honor of having the freedom to choose, which is a severe and potent ability. It's astounding and extremely risky because here's where it gets more complex. In our original flexing of this muscle, this capacity to choose, we blew everything to pieces. Simply put, we used our will to push ourselves out of alignment with God. We set off the biggest domino chain ever imagined, which continues to topple down through the ages. By choosing to do the thing, God specifically gave instruction not to. We chose to play with a severe and potent fire, and we continue in that long-standing human tradition. As I walk along this path so similar to East of Eden and ponder what happened in the Garden of Eden, I recognize I walk the Camino most fundamentally because I want to. Could we, all those who have walked the face of the earth since, give any more fundamental reason for what we choose to do? And the power of this freedom of choice ignites a kind of holy fire in me. It illuminates, as C.S. Lewis calls it, a deeper magic at work. Timschel the ability to choose. It is Steinbeck who, in the painful and beautiful story of East of Eden, uses the character of Lee to shine light on the reality of Timschel. It is God who, in the painful and beautiful story begun in the Garden of Eden, shows he is the author and sustainer of it. As the only one who can hold it all inside his love, God is the true teller of this cosmic drama we are all part of. This reality of Timshul is introduced in Genesis 4 when God is speaking to a man named Cain. Cain is frustrated and jealous because God just looked with favor on his brother's offering. God responds by addressing Cain directly, asking him why he is angry and downcast, encouraging him not to give up, and then teaching him about Timshul, saying, Sin desires to have you, but you Timshul over it. Timshul has been translated as you shall rule over sin, inferring a promise that God will accomplish that. It has also been translated as you must rule over sin, inferring that God is commanding that of Cain. But are these translations capturing the whole picture? What if the reality God is pointing to is more severe and therefore more potent? What if God was communicating to Cain and to us Something more like, sin desires to have you, but you may or may not rule over it. You have the choice. This isn't a promise that he will rule over sin, nor a command that he must rule over it. It is a, it is a statement about the God-given potential of Cain's will. It is God saying, I made you in my image with the ability to choose. I have set you free to be a person who actually will choose. It is revealing that the way is open. So go ahead, do what you will do. 
be the person you will be. We aren't puppets whose actions will be magically engineered to rule over sin, nor are we machines who must force ourselves to rule over sin. We are, in fact, free people at liberty to do what we will do, be the people we will be. And furthermore, because this is not child's play, that God will allow our choices to have real impact, have real consequences. Temptual means the ability to choose or freedom to choose, yet is fundamentally different than freedom of choice. Freedom of choice infers that whatever we choose is okay because we're free. Temptual is freedom to choose. It means we are free to go ahead and make choices, but it does not automatically mean our choices are neutral. In the long story, the whole story is that our choices have consequences. It is God giving us the honor of seeing the impact of our choices. Like God saying, you have the ability to choose and I will honor your choice by letting it have the real impact it creates. The consequences will be real. This is not child's play. This is a more severe and potent story being told. But why? Why would God risk this? Let's go back a bit to the story in Genesis 3, where we hear the story of Eve and then Adam choosing to eat a fruit from the one tree God instructed them not to. When people reckon with this story, many say that it seems like a trap that God set us up. Much like when you see a sign that says, wet paint, don't touch, and then it's almost impossible not to touch. If God knew we could eat of the fruit, yet placed us right there by it, then it seems like a trap. But to say God set us up and stopped there is missing the point. If we get stuck on the part of the story where God put us in a situation where we had to make a difficult choice and then say it was a cruel thing, we are missing the point. We are stopping short of the whole truth. This is not child's play. If God set us up, then he set us up to see the potential of Timshel, our potential for good and evil. God knew that we would have to see for ourselves, that we would have to actually choose for ourselves to understand what this means. That indeed, because of the power inherent in the ability to choose, we had to literally grow and mature for ourselves to understand what that power was really meant for. To live and breathe the consequences and to see that there are better ways. If you're going to say that God set us up, finish the sentence. He set us up to find the better way. I watched the Cat in the Hat movie starring Mike Myers recently. What struck me was the contract that was involved. The cat had offered two children the most fun they could possibly have in a day with no consequences. All they needed to do was sign the contract. They did, even Susie. What they didn't realize was that the contract went on to say that the offer was null and void if they messed things up. Sad, but more like terrifying considering the damage that resulted from that day. But then, as the cat points out, the contract in the fine print, kind of like Lewis's deeper magic, has a caveat that if the children had learned and changed from their experience, then the contract would hold. And the thing is, they had changed by the end of the day. But here's the key. They had changed because of the experience. Is there any way, other way for the bird to learn to fly than to be lovingly pushed out of the nest by her mother? 
How many times would a child have to be told not to touch a hot stove? How many times of touching a hot stove does it take to learn that for my own good, I will not touch a hot stove? Which begs the question, are we so different? Wouldn't we all agree that it is by means of experience itself that we grow? What if our choices aren't to show God what we will do, but to show ourselves what we will do? So that we who have been given the honor to be made in God's image can grow into authentic image bearers. The only way we become bona fide is by growing and choosing to step into it. And hallelujah, could God love us that much to give us the freedom to choose and experience so that we could grow. Could he have that much goodwill toward us that he is willing to trust in the long story to walk with us through this painful and beautiful story, knowing that the rigor of it makes it authentic? God does not resist the painful or the beautiful if it leads us to him and into who we were created to be. It is the harder way, but it can lead and is actually the only authentic way to the better way. This cosmic drama is an invitation to become truly human, to bear the image of God that we are invited to, to choose it for ourselves. How else could we bear the glory God has given us the capacity to bear except to step into it of our own will? Tim Shul is severe love indeed, out of God-sized desire. Desire.